Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Baum with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Coming to you once again live from our studios right here in sunny Central Florida. And right here once again with me is Scott Durant. Scott Durant. It's good to have you, my brother. We had a great weekend in Jesus and got off the road. Thank you, guys. If you're watching us live, you actually made us a nice little road trip the other day. It was a little road trip. <laughs> a little marathon road trip. We did about, I think it was, I looked at your odometer, 645 yeah. our house. To uh, Billy and Rose McEnroy's house, who we stayed with there. We made a, a run last week to pick up some things in New Orleans all the way from here in Daytona Beach. And so we left Thursday afternoon and got, got there about 1 a.m. on Friday morning and ended up getting back here at 1 a.m. on Saturday morning. So it was, nonetheless, it was a quick little trip. But appreciate you guys' uh, prayers and everything on that trip. We are back and had a good weekend in Jesus. Out on the streets, you guys were praying out there uh, Friday and Saturday night. Yes. The teams were out there. And, uh, folks, we're really just making, I don't know about you guys that are doing outreach in your local communities, but what we've really endeavored to do, we know that prayer is going to be the, 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 the catalyst for much of what God is going to be doing. And so uh, we've decided that uh, uh, for an hour, you know, Jesus told his disciples that when he was there in the garden, could you not tarry one hour? So we want to start establishing everything. What we were doing is meeting at their houses and praying before we went out. But I just really felt led. Let's go out there and pray on the spot. Let's pray in the middle of the battlefield. And so going out and praying right there on the spot and just watching prayer bring conviction in people's hearts. And so that's what we've been doing. Then yesterday I had a great service and uh, brought a word. I'm going to try to post that up. We had kind of a technical problem on the recording, but I am going to retrieve that file and post it on our sermon index. Uh, not sermon index. What do you call it? Sermon player right there on the, on the site. So if you want to hear that. You can get it later. But once again, if you are joining us for the first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, which is a ministry of Raven Ministries International. If you want more information on Raven Ministries International, you can actually go to our website, which Deb is uh, so rapidly placing up on the screen there, www.biggrace.com, www.biggrace.com. He can read, write, and do arithmetic. And so you can go to that and check out what we're, what we're all about and just the ministry of Raven Ministries International. Good to have you here today. We are in the midst of an expository teaching on the book of Romans. And this is class number, what is it, Deb? 180, 186th class, strictly on the book of Romans. We're going to close out the 14th chapter uh, this morning. And uh, uh, it's, it's really just been a tremendous journey, if you want to speak, and just a foundational building up of these things. And, but if you've not been with us in the past or you've missed some of those things, we have all of these classes actually available online by going to BigGrace.com and clicking on Raven Institute. Or we have an actually uh, a, 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 a proprietary page strictly for that. It's committed strictly for the Institute, and Deb will put that on there. It's www.raveninstitute.blogspot.com. You can go there, and there's Bible study tools. There's the, the what do you call it, the not Blue Letter Bible, but Bible gateways. You can do word searches. Everything right there on a strictly a study page. And so you can go there and download those in MP3 format and uh, uh, allow that, that word. You can download them on your computer and burn them on the disk, whatever you want to do. But all that's there available absolutely free of charge to just strengthen and encourage you to get into the Word of God and to seek His face in this day and age, which it's, it's increasingly, brother, getting so much more evident that it's needed that people are not in the Word. And so, hmm. praise you guys for coming and being a part of the Word. So, thank you so much for being a part of that. If you have prayer requests, uh, don't forget you can send those to pray at biggrace.com. We want to pray for your needs. And we remind you, if you're watching this live today, you know, some of you guys have heard about uh, this great, they call it the Great Florida Healing Outpouring, Florida Healing Revival. And I get inundated with questions on that all the time and been doing a lot of research, a lot of praying about that. And tomorrow on our Raven Nation program, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're actually going to be spending the whole uh, 
hour and a half just strictly addressing issues related to this Florida outpouring that you're talking about. I was talking to a brother from Texas the other day and lives out in the Texas panhandle and kind of an insulated place. The city's about 200,000 people. He hadn't heard anything about it. Right. And you hear other pockets of people that have. But I, I guarantee people will be hearing about these things. So we need to address those things and kind of give you our perspective on it from a biblical vantage point. We're, it's not going to be a time of character assassination or anything like that. Well, we're going to talk to you about the theology behind it and the Word. Folks, don't you know that there's something we can that never changes? I don't, care if it's the, I don't care if it's the Welsh revivals. I don't care if it's the Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, whatever it is. If it doesn't measure up to this, I don't care what the, the, the results are. If it's not founded upon the Word of God, I don't care what the manifestations are. I don't care how happy people get or how many people flock to it. If it's not built solidly upon this Word, it is not gospel. Period. And you know, that's, this is the litmus test for it. And we've got to come back to the place where we stand upon the Word of God, which is our foundation for truth. So be with us tomorrow for that. We'd love to have you as a part of that program. Uh, probably be taking some questions from the, 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 the audience, not just the studio audience, but also some of you folks that may have some questions. We hope we're going to be thorough enough that that stuff's covered and uh, people are, are left with more answers than they ever would be with questions. Uh, brother, why don't you open us in prayer this morning? Let's ask God's direction and just His anointing on this time of teaching. And be sure and just pray for those that have been sick in body as well. Father, we come before you, Lord. God, I just open myself up to you, God, and pray that, Father, you would teach us in all truth today. That you would guide us. Guide us, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be a lamp to our feet. That he would keep us on the right path. God, that we would grow closer to you now. And as we hear this word, it would just... Divide away the chaff and the wheat. That it would actually refine us. It would be part of the refining fire, Lord. That would take away all those impurities, God. That you would bring them through your Holy Spirit to the surface. And that we might repent of them. And that we would put them away. That we would put away idle talk. We would put away anything that would hinder us from growing closer to you, God. God, my prayer is that Christ would be formed in each of us. God, that we would be more like Him every day. That our lives would come transparent. And we would be holy and righteous. That we would truly be carriers of the cure of the disease of sin that separates us from God. God, I pray today for those that are sick. God, that you, You said to pray for them. God, that You would heal them. That God, You imparted the gift of healing, God. That You sent us out to heal the sick. Not angels, but you, God. The Holy Spirit is the one, God, that anoints us, that gives us that impartation. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that you do heal the sick, that by Jesus' stripes they were healed. And I believe, God, that according to your word, that they are healed today, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe that, Lord. Father, and I thank you for... Bringing faith out in us, God. Yes, Lord God. Hallelujah. God, for imparting unto us faith. More faith. I remember the disciples. When they lacked faith, they said, Lord, help us with our unbelief. God, forgive us for our unbelief, I would say. God, forgive me for lacking in faith. For I know without faith, it's impossible to please you, God. God, I've fallen so short. God, I ask that you forgive me that... You forgive my brothers and sisters out there that have fallen short in the faith, yes, God. That, that you would just impart the gift of faith into them, God. That you would increase their faith. And that they would have faith to believe you that, God, you are a God. 
that loves them and cares about them. And that you are a God that heals them. And you are a God that will meet their needs as they press into you, God. I thank you for that. And God, I ask that as now we open this word, God, that you would just take over. We yield ourselves completely to the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus. Speak through us now. Speak through Troy and speak through me, God. Yes, Jesus. Divide the chaff and the wheat now, Lord. Separate bone and marrow, God. Soul and spirit. Mm. Be that light. Turn that light on bright, Lord, and let it shine in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, today, if you're just signing in with us, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry of Biblical Studies. I'm Pastor Troy, and this is Pastor Scott Durant. good to have you this morning. We are going to attempt. I have to put that word attempt in there. You know, we, we make a lot of attempts, and sometimes we don't quite time. But really what we're going to do, even if we go over just a little bit today, we're going to finish out this 14th chapter. I don't think people of mind. We call this the fastest hour on the Internet anyway. And so... Uh, we're going to close out this, this 14th chapter of the book of Romans. And, you know, this, this 14th chapter really, and I could say just like the previous 13, <clears throat> has really brought some things to light uh, and really provided such a great uh, foundation uh, uh, for many other things that the Lord is going to be speaking to us through His Word and it's continued. And, you know, I was thinking about verse 19 that says, and we talked about this the other day, brother. It says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things which therefore one may edify another. And I think what it did, and I know what it did for me, is it really shed light on a couple of other scriptures and really brought some things into perspective that, that's happening in, in, in real time, in, that's happening at this moment. Yeah. And, and one of the scriptures was, and write this down if you weren't with us, and if you were with us, look at it again, was Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. And, and Paul the Apostle said, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're so slow to learn. Mm. Now, that's a, that's a tough call, but Paul really, he, he, he had to shoot straight to him. He said, I've got a lot of things that I want to teach you, but it seems like you're, you, you don't want uh, to get it. You don't want to understand what I'm trying to tell you. You, you don't want to understand. You don't want to ascertain. It becomes too difficult for you. Then he says, in fact, he said, though by this time you ought to be the ones that are teaching. But you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk and not solid food. Then he says in verse 13, anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Folks, if there is anything that is more apparent right now in, quote unquote, Christendom, the body of Christ, among the, the, the brethren, it's the fact that people are not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. Amen. Now, brother, they're acquainted with the teachings of prosperity. <laughs> they're acquainted with the teachings of healing. They're te- teaching uh, of holiness. Not holiness, but of prophecy. Of, of all these other things. Uh, tongues or gifts or whatever it is. Marriage. Now, now, think about it. They're acquainted with all these other teachings, but they're not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. Folks, as great as all these other teachings are, <laughs> Those things are milk teachings compared to the teaching of righteousness. Amen. You know, we talk about marriage. I believe that God uh, wants, wants us to have strong marriages. But, you know, uh, one day, regardless of how long we've been married, that marriage is going to come to an end. And I'm not talking about divorce. I, I'm talking about when we're married to Christ Jesus. But righteousness is something that's going to be continuous. Think about, think about the song that's going to be sung in, in heaven. It's not going to be marriage, marriage, marriage. It's going to be holy, holy, holy. Folks, the, the meat of the Word of God that God wants us to walk in is the meat of holiness. It's to be built up. It wants to be 
uh, 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 firmly established on that teaching of righteousness. But he says in verse 14, he said, but solid food is for the mature. Who's it for? The mature. What solid food is he talking about? Righteousness. He said, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Brother, I don't know about you, but what has allowed me to see evil in my own life, in, in my own walk, is the constant use and pursuit of righteousness. Amen. When I begin to wane back, when I'm not praying, when I'm not reading the Word, when I'm not doing the things of God, what I find is that there's evil ever present with me, as Paul the Apostle said. It's crouching at the door. It's waiting to, to, to raise up its wicked head and to, to come in in that old nature that's it's designed to get stirred up and to, to captivate me once again. That's why we've got to come to that place, folks, where we're taking a steady dietary intake of the meat of God's Word that's going to produce righteousness that enables us to overcome. Now, if you've been getting overcame, it's because you're not an overcomer. The only way we can overcome is through the strength of righteousness coming into our lives. And so, and the second scripture that really this is what we've tried to bring out in this is the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 16, verse 18. And it says, I say unto you this, you are Peter, you are Petra, Petros, and upon this Petra, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we talked about this the other day, but there's so many sincere, immature believers that are, are being led astray because they are being built up or edified without the benefit of the rock. He said, upon this rock, I will build, I will edify. And so what's happened is they've, 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 they're being built up, they're being hyped up, they're being encouraged, they're being blown up, whatever you want to call it but without the benefit of the foundational rock of righteousness in their life. And as a result, later on, they'll become swept away by the onrush of false doctrines and seducing spirits. Mm-hmm. That's the tragedy right now that's facing the church. They, they, they really don't, you know, I, I think that, you know, you're talking about the foundation of building the house. They really don't know the elementary principles of Christ. Never been faith towards him. God, repentance from dead works. And that's the right. They... they if you don't build, if if you start without that foundation, you know you were talking about yep. the other day that the house you, you build a house without a foundation, it still looks like a house. You can put a yep. roof on it, windows in it, it functions like a house. It in all rights, you'd think it was a house, right. and it really is a house. But the problem is, when the floods come, when the storms come, the house is washed away because right. it doesn't have anything to hold ground to, and the only ground we can hold ground to is that. Which is Christ Jesus. It's the foundation and, of the rock. And what's happened is people, they, they take anything by any way, any wind or doctrine, they listen to anything that comes down the pike. You know, turn the TV on, so and so said, so and so said, but they don't study to see if these right. things are true. The Bible says to try those things, try the spirits to see if they be of God. And, and you who are spiritual will discern what? Right. Good from evil. And they, they don't judge. They don't really judge the things of the Spirit. They really don't study. It's easier to sit back and let somebody put a, a bottle in my spoon mouth feed you. Yep. and spoon feed me yep. because really, they're lazy. Yep, that's right. And, and they, they don't want to, to eat. They don't want to cook their own food. They, they, and, but what happens in that is, is you're getting fed poison. Yeah, you know, and and so many things you 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 take in, and it poisons your body slowly. But yep. you don't die immediately. But because you take in, you know, I I heard it. I was reading a little article the other day just about you know it's it, um, carbonated drink. Mm-hmm. You know, the actual the carbonation in drinks actually tears down the um, 
calcium in your body. Hmm. So over time, you, you you're killing yourself slowly. You're 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 eating your bones away, drinking sodas, but you don't realize it. We we drink it's them. It tastes good. It tastes good. So right. I mean, hey, I, I love Dr Pepper. You love diet soda. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know we we it tastes good, but it's really not What's good the for you. Consequences? Right. Right. And and we. But that that's this earthly body that we know yep. is going to perish. But how much more important is a spiritual body, you know, that's going to perish for eternity or, right. or live for eternity? Man, we cannot afford to slowly poison our spiritual bodies. Man, we have got to eat solid vegetables, solid meat. We cannot afford to take, the Bible says, a little leaven. Right. Leaven's a whole lump. Man, and in the battle we're in, man, we are in a war. People... You know, what I see in the church today, I see a Christian love boat. Mm-hmm. It's this big luxury liner, cruising along, everybody sitting on the deck, drinking martinis and enjoying life, thinking prosperity and all is well, all is well. <laughs> you said that, and, you know what I got a picture of? Some friends of mine said they went on a cruise and they said what they loved about it is 24 hours, you go into any of these dining halls and they had this buffet and you could eat whatever you want. Isn't that yeah. what it is? Yeah. It's not, let me not get something that God has prepared for me, but let me go in and just get what I want. Right, and people are waiting on you. You're, you're, you're waiting. And that's what we think Christianity is. Uh, you know, the, the, the prosperity message. You know, oh, God yeah. wants you to drive a Rolls Royce. You, you know, you're, you're spiritual if you're prospering, yeah. if you've got a big house and a big car. And, and you know, and, and realize this, that you, you're, you're, we're in a battle. We're in a war, man. The, the, the devil, our enemy, it, and, and these last days... Man, he's fixing to fire. Man, he's fixing to fire missiles. Man, and if and you're should. not, if you're not in a, a a destroyer, if you're not in a battleship, and you're not in battle mode, man, you're going to be destroyed. He's going to sink you. Don't have that, <laughs> yeah, if you don't right. have that shield of faith up yep. and ready, prepared, man, without faith. It's a, it's impossible to please God. And without that shield of faith, man, you're going to fall. You're well, going to fall. Back in the 60s, a man, and some of you guys are familiar with his name, uh, Anton LaVey. Mm. Anton LaVey came out and he wrote, yes, lived in San Francisco, and he wrote the Satanic Bible. Now, there was a lot of people that got caught up in that. A lot of movie stars and people got caught up in just kind of the, the unusual nature of it. Now, it didn't, it wouldn't become widespread. Now, and so the enemy knew, hey, listen, I can do the satanic Bible track, and it's, it's not going to have that type of impact. I guarantee, you know, the word tells us that Satan's going to come as, as an angel of light. light. <laughs> and I believe that when he shows up, he's so shrewd that what he's going to do, he's going to come and deliver to the church those things that they most want. Mm. The things that seem so right, right, they seem so tolerable, they seem so palatable, they, they seem so alluring. That's what he's going to come with, folks. If you think he's going to come and say, listen, everybody's got to convert to Islam. Everybody's got to get them a satanic Bible. Uh, come here, let me, let, me, let me burn a mark in your forehead. Or let me, let's go kill some chick. Folks, that's not how he's going to come. He's going to come and what he's done, he has studied Christianity himself. He has studied the tendencies of people. He has studied the, the, the charismatic movement, the Pentecostal. He studied all these movements. And he said, what is it going to be so easy to wrangle them in? Folks, that's where he comes. He comes seducing. He comes as an angel. He comes as a wolf in sheep's clothing. And so, folks, we've got to be aware that we've got to look beyond the surface of these things that we see in the natural and look to the spiritual things. Look to the foundation, which by constant use are going to what builds us up and is going to produce righteousness in our lives. And what you're what you're going to see is a, a move that seems like a move of God, but it's devoid of the doctrinal uh, uh, principles of God's mm-hmm. Word. And so, right here, folks, in, in chapter 4, verse 19, 
uh, you know, Paul instructs, and he says this, he said, follow after the things which make for peace and the things which allow us to edify and build up one another. But folks, listen, he says that after having established the foundational rock on which edification can be firmly established in the previous 13 chapters. Right. See, I can pull that out and I can say, well, brother, you know, you don't need to be saying that. You just need to, you know, the Bible says to follow after things which make for peace and the things which, which edify. Well, Paul the Apostle, this, we can't just pull that out as a drop quote. Right. He, he wrote 13 and a half other chapters right. that established the rock, the bedrock foundation that he could build that that, 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 that comment upon. Right. What happens is people want to just cut to the spiritual chase. We want to bypass. It's kind of like your children. You know, okay, I'm, we're going to go. If you eat everything on your plate, then I'm going to take you for ice cream. Mm. Now, they are so consumed with getting ice cream, you can't get them to eat what's on their plate. Right. Folks, that's what's happened in the modern church. The, the modern church has wanted to go to their spiritual Baskin, Robin, Baskin Robbins and choose from the 31 flavors, but they've mm. not wanted to sit down and consume upon themselves the, the protein and the strength and the minerals and the, and the, and the vitamins of God's Word to get built up. Folks, is, is a little dessert okay every once in a while? Absolutely. Is it okay to get a few chill bumps? Is it okay to get excited about it? Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, if you're getting excited, you're getting chill bumps, if you're falling on the floor when there's no foundation in your life, folks, all you're going to have is a bunch of spiritual rotten teeth and you're going to find yourself trying to gum your way through the gospel and you're not going to be able to consume the meat. Why? Because you have not utilized it through a constant use. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, brother, I, I was sharing on this, this exact program right here about the, the errant and really heretical teachings of uh, the really a popular pastor. He, he pastors a church called Mars Hill Church, and uh, and he, he produced these videos called the Numa series of videos that are made. I'll tell you what, they've made inroads into college campuses, youth groups, the emerging church. This, this fellow's name is, is 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 Rob Bell. He wrote a book called God Sex, and in another one called uh, the uh, what's it called the El Velvet Elvis Repainting the Christian Faith. And he makes a point in that book, and I want you to listen to this. He said that Christianity is more akin to a trampoline than it is to a rock. That it's made up of many springs, and no one spring is essential. That you can still be propelled upward in your understanding, even if one of the springs or doctrines comes off. Now, here's a quote. Here's what he says in his book, Velvet Elvis, Repainting the Christian Faith. He said, what if someone digs up definitive proof that Jesus had a real earthly biological father named Larry? And archaeologists find Larry's tomb and do DNS samples and prove beyond a shadow of doubt uh, that the virgin birth was really just a bit of uh, mythologizing the gospel writers threw in to appeal to the followers of Mithra and Dionysian, which were religious cults that were hugely popular at the time of Jesus, whose gods had virgin births. But what if, as you study the origin of the word virgin, you also discover that the word virgin in the Gospel of Matthew actually comes from the book of Isaiah, and you find that the Hebrew language at the time, the word virgin, could mean several things. And what if you discover that in the first century, being born of a virgin also refers to a child whose mother became pregnant the first time that she had sexual intercourse? What if that spring were seriously questioned? Could a person keep on jumping? Could a person still love God? Could, a, could you still be a Christian? Is, is the way of Jesus still the best possible way to live? Or does the whole thing fall apart? Basically, what he's teaching is that, listen, it's a bunch of springs. And so if it came out one day that Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, so what? It don't matter. Now, brother, what is he doing? He's striking at the very foundation. foundation. He's striking upon the rock. Folks, listen. There are so many people who hear things like this, and they feel as though they're being built up in courage. They'll hear that. Oh, that's great. God is just so encompassing. And, and, and some even start going to church. They'll hear these things that these guys are teaching. They'll, they'll, they'll go to church. They'll, they'll do good things. 
They'll embrace a whole uh, uh, level of desire for religious things. They'll be a part of a community. And it seems like, as a result of these teachings, that, that they're becoming more like a Christian. They're becoming more, quote-unquote, uh, religious, or they're becoming a, a better person. Folks, listen. You, you cannot build upon those principles. They are edified or built up and, have, and feel a greater value within themselves. But what are they being built upon? Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 through 29. Uh, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name and done many wonderful works? Have we not done these miracles? And I will profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me that work iniquity. Now, folks, now listen to the context of when he said that. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. So what's he doing? He's contrasting the people that are going to say, listen, we did a lot of great things. We had a great revival. We had a great service. We had a great this and that. But he says, listen, I'm going to liken them to tell somebody that, that, that built their house. He said, and as the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And now listen to this, brother. Here's what's interesting about that. He's liking it. He's saying, people are going to say, I had all these powers. I did all these things. But there's no foundation. He's going to say, I did not know you. And he said that there's going to, ultimately, when the storm comes, when the trials come, when the excitement wears off, they're going to fall. And grace is going to be the fall of it. And it says, it came to pass, as he talked to those, those people that were bound up in that, that Jesus, when Jesus ended these saying, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as scribes. Folks, I want to ask you a question. What does it mean to be astonished. Well, it was interesting. You talk, we were talking about this before the, the program opened. That, that word is, ex, uh, astonished in the Greek is expleso, and it means, stick, listen to this, to drive out by striking a blow to something. Mm. They were astonished. What he did, they had this idea that, listen, we're prophesying, we're casting out devils, we're doing miracles. <coughs> We've got to be in the will of God. This has got to be the move of God. This has got to be a great, great revival. That Jesus came and he struck a blow to their thinking. Mm. He said, no, you're not. He said, I don't even know who you are. He said, what you've done is you've built upon a sand. And he said, what's about to come is great trials and tribulations. There's going to be things that are going to cause that thing to fall because it was not built upon the rock. Who is Christ Jesus? And boom, great is going to be the fall. It struck a blow to them. Brother, here's what I think is going to happen. There are so many people in this day and age, so many people in churches, so many people caught up in quote-unquote movements that are not founded upon the rock. They're going to be edified, built up, but there's a blow coming. There's a blow coming when their leaders are exposed. There's a blow coming when they find out that those principles that people are trying to present as, as, as principles of Christ Jesus are really seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There's a blow coming to them. And what's going to happen is great is going to be the fall of it. They're going to say, well, this person, they came to this meeting and they got off drugs and they did all these things. Then it's going to be, then there's going to be an undoing and they're going to be twice the sons of the devil that they were to begin with. Hmm. That is what Jesus prophesied what happened. The things that Jesus said struck a blow to their way of thinking. They're well intention, their sincere way of thinking, and they had to of all the, they, they, they had to find out that they got the wind knocked out of all these well, uh, cells of doctrine. Folks, listen. The things that the Word of God strikes a blow to in order to drive it out of our lives can be these things. False teaching, 
deceptive movements, unrighteous relationships, and religious misconception. And there's a plethora of things that we're, we build upon that, that are those things that God in this day and age is striking. Why? Because He's coming back for a church without spot or blemish, with no wrinkle, with no, with, with no shadow of turning. He's looking for something that's built firmly upon the principles of Christ Jesus. So you, you would say then that, that it would be more important that we had a righteous, holy life, that our, our life was actually cleansed and right before God than we, we did miracles? Well, brother, think about this. He said, therefore, with joy shall we draw waters from the wells of salvation. Folks, salvation is only founded upon two things. Faith and righteousness imputed us by the cross of Calvary through faith in that. And so we've got to begin with the right premise, the right miracle first. And the miracle of the new birth is the greatest miracle. miracle. Now, <laughs> now I would rather have, and, and brother, you know, I have such an appreciation for my Baptist brothers. You know what? Some of them believe in the gifts, some of them don't. But what I found out in many of those cases, I, I know many, I think about a guy like Paul Washer, the Baptist right. brother that preaches a strong message of holiness and righteousness. Whether or not he, he talks in tongues or, or, or prophesies or whatever, you know what? He preaches a strong word. He, spe- he preaches a word that at the end of the day, it's going to bring salvation. Brother, I know people that have spoken tongues one moment and got drunk the next moment. And so what's producing righteousness? And so to answer your question, yes, folks, do I believe in miracles? Absolutely. Do I believe in all nine gifts of the Spirit as, as categorized right there in the First Corinthians chapter 12? Absolutely I do. Absolutely. But I tell you what. All of those things, if they're not founded upon the principle of Christ Jesus, of holiness and of righteousness, mm-hmm. of the, those teachings that, 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 that are the meat teachings, those things are just a lot of noise. Those things can reap deception. Why? Because those things can be mimicked and, 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 and counterfeited by the adversary. So, righteousness cannot be counterfeited so by the, the adversary. So the, so the devil basically will come as an angel of light Yes, and, and he'll do all these things. He'll produce all these things. But the one thing he won't produce is holiness and righteousness. No, and a consecration unto mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring a division. He's going to bring multiple choice. He's going to bring the gospel of the trampoline. Yeah, the multiple choice. And, and basically in that, and what you're saying then, uh, really I could be a Muslim and, and go to heaven because Jesus was a, a good man, they would say. And... He wasn't of the virgin birth, and you know I'm still on the trampoline. I'm still jumping. Yeah, I said I good really I, I've got good intentions, and you know, think about this, brother. You and I we was in New Orleans having coffee. We stopped before we left town, and there was a lady that took notice of our T-shirts, and so she started talking to us, and just asked her if she was a follower of the Lord. Said, oh, yes, I am, and it went downhill from there because we found out that she wasn't. And she, and she basically made the point uh, in that crowd, you know what, it's almost like dangling a carrot in front of a mule. And so she made the point, well, listen, I, just, I have an appreciation for, for all faiths, for all religions, because right. you know, all of them are going to get you, they all lead to, lead to God. And uh, you know, I, I kind of felt sorry for her within the first 45 seconds, because that's not going to fly. And so, you know, we each took a turn giving her the scripture and basically told her, unless you repent, you're going to go to hell. I mean, that's pretty much the message of it. And, you know, she walked out of there shell-shocked, I'm sure, and astonished because it struck a blow to what she said. Because all she said was the philosophies and the, rud- uh, the rudimentary teachings of men. You notice she didn't say, well, the Bible says this or the Bible says that. And so when she began to get hit with the word of God, she may not have walked out of there uh, broken and convicted, but the word is going to do what the word does. Says the the truth will set them free, and you yeah. know you 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 think about that. We could have told her, oh yes, Jesus loves you. That's right, and yeah. He loves everybody and everything. And but the but the truth wasn't in that. The truth was she's believed the lie. She was in deception. And unless we tell her the truth, 
Her, her eyes, blood, right? Her eyes will never be open. Her blood will be upon her hands. Right. So it, it's our obligation yes. to tell them the truth. It's and our it, what? It's our obligation, obligation. not our choice, but our obligation as believers. And the truth is, the yeah. truth is, unless you're born again, you'll perish. And to be born again means to be born of the Spirit and of the water, and to be changed. Yeah. You will be changed. The evidence of a born again life is a changed life. It's not flopping. It's right. not miracles. Right. It's not healings. The evidence of born again, you read it, it's a transformed life. Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ. He's a new, new what? New creature. Old things are passed away. All, All things, things become new. It says such were some of you. Right. So so the transformed life, really not whether you speak in tongues or not, but whether your life is actually transformed right. and are you living righteously before God? Are you desiring righteousness? Are you desiring to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ? How is your life walking out? Amen. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Not fruit of miracles, but bear fruit of repentance, yeah. he said. Bear fruit that is going to be meat, that's going to verify and solidify that you live a repentant life. Mm. And folks, repentance isn't saying, you know what, I feel guilty and I'm sorry. That's not what, uh, Repentance is metanoeo in the Greek and it means literally the moral compunction to think differently. Hmm. The way I thought, that's what messed them up when John came preaching that message because they thought everything was externalized for the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious order at the time, everything. But he said, listen, I know how you look on the outside but now I want you to think different because they knew how they thought. That's why they ended up taking his head because he preached the message of repentance, a message so good. Jesus went ahead and preached it in Matthew four seventeen, and you know Paul obviously preached on Mars Hill, and John preached Peter, on the Isle. John, they all Every one of them preached that exact same it message. Is the message. Change your way of thinking. The only way that happens is through the washing and the regeneration of the Word. experience of the miracle of the. Word. There it is. The Word is what causes it. Now, brother, look at this responsibility we've been given in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. And it says, He Himself, speaking of Jesus, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And here's that word again. For the edifying of the body of Christ. To build them up. Now, what on? Till we come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of of the fullness of Christ. Folks, what's our goal? Our goal isn't to be a, a, a sweet little Christian that just makes it through, that seems to be moral, that doesn't steal, kill, and takes care of their family. But it's, He's calling us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children, milk drinkers, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Folks, listen. The true apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers need to be more committed to doing just that. Doing what? Equipping the saints for the, uh, with, uh, with the Word of God for the work of the ministry, edifying or building upon this foundation, unifying them around faith, and bringing them to a place of spiritual maturity, not some type of candy-eating Christianity. Folks, the Word of God says in the last days that there will arise false apostles. And so, folks, just because somebody puts a title in front of their name doesn't make, that, make them who that is. You know, what it is is God gave Himself some to be apostles, to raise them up to do those things, to equip, edify, to unify, and to bring to a place of, uh, of maturity. And so what this will do, and I love this, really tying it into that 19th verse of chapter 4, what it will, when we edify upon the foundation, it'll expose some things. It'll expose, number one, winds of doctrine. Mm. The, the Rob Bell. He talks about Christianity as a, as a, as a trampoline. Wow. Now, brother, somebody that doesn't have foundation, 
You know what they're going to say? Wow, that sounds good. Man, that's a revelation. Man, that is so neat. So you're telling me that, that if something just don't fit into my ideology or my philosophy, well, I, I, you know, I don't really want to believe that Jesus is just the only way. So I can take that spring out and still jump? As long as I believe that he was a good guy and a good prophet or he was a nice man, he's a great person to follow as an example, and I can pull that one out? Well, you know, the, 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 the Godhead. You know, I don't have to believe that, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. I can pull that one out. I don't have to believe in, in repentance as long as I have good intentions and I'm, I'm kind of uh, seeking my, my, my spiritual aura and I'm looking for a good karma. I can still have it. When's the doctrine? It'll expose it. What about the trickery of men? That word trickery is lukubia in the Greek and it means it's a sleight of hand or fraudulent practices. Mm. Now think about that. Sleight of hand is something magicians use. You take a guy like, uh, I'm trying to think of this guy that uh, uh, on television. What's his name? does all that sleight of hand, close-up magic. uh David Copperfield's one of them. I'm talking about this guy that does close-up stuff. Copperfield has a big... Uh, David Blaine. There's a guy named David Blaine that does all this stuff. And, and you're sitting there watching it, and you, you're thinking, how on earth could that happen? But it's a sleight of hand. It's, it's right. fraudulent practices. Folks, listen. He was not saying that about street magic. He was saying it about the church. church. Mm. That's what's going to come into the church. There's going to be this kubia, this sleight of hand, fraudulent practices that look... What do they say? That the hand is quicker than the eye? That they're going to be doing these things that for all intents and purposes, you're thinking to yourself, you're going to marvel at them, but it's not reality. Cunning craftiness is panorgia, which is a false wisdom. Mm. Aren't we seeing these things? Winds of doctrine, sleight of hand, fraudulent practices, and a false wisdom. How do they verify that? Well, oh, you know what, brother? Man, i got a word for you guys today. Man, this morning as I was praying, I got caught up into the third heaven. And man, I sat there and I was talking to Paul the Apostle and Abraham and Moses. And they began to share these things with me. And you know, and, and so an angel of the Lord came to me and he began to speak. And so I want to tell you something. Now what have I done? I provided a false wisdom. I've, and they said, oh man, I can't question what he says because he just, got, he just talked to Paul this morning. Right. And I can't question what he said because he talked to Abraham and Moses. And, and he talked to an angel. And so, now I've never mentioned what the Word says. I've never mentioned that, that if I did those things, that's called necromancy. It's talking to the dead, that the Scripture forbids it. But the person I'm talking to has no idea because they've never been founded upon the principles of the Word of God. And so it becomes a false wisdom. Well, God's going to work for you. Here's what God is showing me. God has called me to be this and that. Then the final thing is it's the plan there, the deceitful plotting. And that deceitful means to stray away from orthodoxy. Mm. Folks, you know what's orthodox? This word right here. Come on. This is the foundation. What you're going to find is they're going to put less and less credibility upon the Word of God and more upon experiential, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. Christianity. Folks, deceitfulness. What it's going to do, it's going to bring winds of doctrine, uh, things that do not line up with the Word of God, uh, sleight of hand, fraudulent spiritual practices, false wisdom, and they're going to stray from the orthodox. Second Thessalonians 2.3 Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day will not come except there be a great falling, falling away. away. Except there be an apostasia. Except yeah. there be a deviation from the truth first. Folks, listen. There is a deviation that's happening. It's a deviation that's, that's the cunning craftiness, the sleight of hand, uh, the, the fraudulent practices, the false wisdom. All these things are distracting people away from it. But what's amazing, brother, is that, and, and not really amazing in the fact that, that it's happening, but because we know the word says that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to be built up upon something that is sandy. Mm-hmm. And great is going to be the fall of it. 
Folks, listen, we've got to really just knuckle down. And, and I, I say this all the time. We've got to find ourselves getting into the Word of God, allowing that Word to get inside of us, to, to, to rightly divide the Word of truth, to be that workman who need not be ashamed. Folks, what's going to happen is people are going to be ashamed of themselves. Brother, here's what gets me the most. And I've got friends that are in the ministry all over the country and elsewhere that they'll hear things like they're happening with, quote-unquote, this movement. And they're standing up and they're telling their, their, their people in their, uh, in their churches how great it is and that they need to watch it and everything else. They're telling them that. Or if they're not standing against it, there are people coming to them and they're saying, well, you know, I just really don't know. Or they're saying, let's go and let's send a team down and get that anointing and bring it back to our church. What's going to happen when the wheels fall off? Hmm. What are they going to stand up? Here's what I'll tell you what they're going to say. They're going to stand up when the wheels fall off and they're going to say, you know what? It, it started out right. That's always the fallback, folks. Yeah. They, they started out with good intentions. They started out right and some things did happen. And so what we need to do is we need to, to eat the grass and spit out the sticks. Folks, that's always the, the fallback on everything. Folks, why not just do righteousness to begin with? Why not just be watchful in all things? Watch as well as pray unless you enter into temptation. Why not be discerning now and not wait till later? Why find yourself carried about by every wind of doctrine? Why not get into the Word, get on your face before God? That way when those things come up in the now that you're aware of those things and you don't leave your, 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 your congregation. And here's what's going to happen in the back of the minds of those people. Why wasn't my pastor more discerning that that stuff was going to happen? Now folks, here's the thing. The wheels are going to come off. And God already knows it. Now, if His sheep know His voice, God can speak in the now what's going to happen then. Yes. And so what we need to do is be mindful of what's going to happen then. And brother, what, what happens when you have a, a thing like this that's happening here in Florida? You're going to be on one side or the other of it. You're, there's not going to be this middle road of indifference. And so if you're on the side that says, listen, that's it, that's, it's great, and, and so people are going to say, well, that's neat, you're getting caught up in that. The flip side, if you say, listen, I'm sorry, that's not, that's not of God. That's not, that's not revival. That's not what God is speaking. And here's the reasons. You know, there's going to be that. Jesus said, think not that I've come to bring peace. Nay, but a sword. Folks, listen, there is a dividing rod that is coming. Even as Moses stood there in the wilderness, and he said, listen, if you're on this side, get on this side. He said, if you're going to follow the Lord, you come with me. If not, you stand on the side of Korah. And what happened? The ground opened up and swallowed. Great was the fall of it. Folks, listen, I encourage you. Get into the Word. Get on the right side of righteousness and allow God to speak unto you. Folks, listen. Here's the deal. We'll just go on to verse 21. We could, we could stay on that for now until Jesus comes. Amen? Yeah. And really, it would be profitable because it really, I think it serves as that warning as watchmen according to Ezekiel 3 and Ezekiel 33. It says in verse 21, and here's something that ties right into all that. It says, It's good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby your brother stumbled or is offended or is made weak. Folks, the thought behind this 21st verse of, the, uh, of Romans 14 is, is, is that my conduct as a believer should be such that it is not something that would serve to weaken someone in their following with Jesus in holiness, but rather my actions would be such that they would actually strengthen those who observe the way that I follow Christ. Right. That's what he's saying. Don't do something that's going to weaken or diminish or encourage somebody in compromise. First right. Corinthians 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul said, Imitate me as I, as I imitate Christ. Christ. Follow me. A song came out. What was the young lady's name? She was probably 15 years old when she came out with a song. Uh, Rachel Lapa, a Christian recording artist. She came out with a song that says, uh, uh, Don't look at me if you're looking for perfection. Don't look at me. I will only let you down. It was a top 40 wow. hit. Now think, think about that testimony. In other words, what are you saying? You're saying, listen, I, I'm not saved. There's nothing in me. God can't hold me up. Don't and it was such me. a... 
It was. Don't follow me because I'm not following Christ. I'm going to let you down. What about saying, you know what? I'm going to walk in righteousness. God has given me the, the ability to overcome. Amen. That there's no temptation that comes upon Troy or Scott or Deb, but that which is common to all men. But with every single temptation, He provides a way of escape. If you want to see me, you need to get your eyes focused on me. Why? Because God has given me the ability to overcome. God has given me the ability to seek Him, to, 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 to overcome temptation. That if, that if there's a stumble, man, that I'm getting up and I'm pressing, I'm forgetting those things that are behind and I'm pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Folks, we've got to get to that point. And, and Paul, he was firm and confident enough in his faith and his walk with the Lord Jesus Christ that he had absolutely no reservations about saying, if you want a good example of how to be a good uh, a follower of Christ Jesus, how to live, then watch me and I want you to imitate what I'm doing. The reason people don't want to say that now because they know they're that they, they know they're living in compromise. They know that the example that they're setting is one that's going to not strengthen people, as he says in verse 21. It's going to be something that's going to become a stumbling block. It's going to be an offense. It's going to make people weak rather than make people strong. So, folks, let me say this. If there's something in your life that would weaken a brother or sister in Christ, then it is I that walk in the opposition of the righteousness of God. If there's something in my life that is being compromising to somebody else, regardless of what it is. You know, I would say, Troy, that, that uh, if you can't be an example, you, you need to go back to the Scripture and you need to remove the beam from your eye. That's right. Because there's something in you that doesn't allow you to do that. Right. And you need to get it out of you because it says, first remove the beam from your own eye that you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Yep. And if you if you can't say that right there, you really you need to pray, you need to ask God because I hear this all the time. Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. But we just read right there where it talked about calling to perfection. Calling right? us to perfection. And man, if you can't say if, if that girl can't says don't follow me, I'm only going to let you down, then she really needs to get in the word, get on her knees and say, "Lord, help me because I have a beam in my eye." Remove that beam from yeah. my eye that I can see clearly to follow after you and I can be an example to yeah. the world. That my life is an example. My life is Christ Jesus lived here on the earth. As I live as Christ lived. Folks, if you can't say that, what you need to do is repent and believe the gospel yes. that God deal with those areas of your life that you do not want imitated. Isn't that, isn't that the key? If there's something in my life I don't want imitated, repent and change it. Change it. That's what I have to do, Troy. I have to do it every single day. It's that, it's that we talked about a preach yesterday on the refining finer's fire and the and the fuller soap out of uh, Malachi chapter three, and we've got to come to that point and say, God, if there's something I don't want imitated, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do away with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, well, listen, that's just how I am. I'm going to struggle, and I'm a, absolutely not. Why? Because folks' eyes are firmly affixed upon every one of our lives that call ourselves a follower of Christ Jesus. First Corinthians eight nine through thirteen, tying into Romans uh, fourteen twenty one, he said, be careful. Uh, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Mm. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you who have this knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't he be emboldened to eat what has been sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against your brother in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Mm. Therefore, Paul said, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause him to fall. Mm. 
it's so I, I had a conversation with a, with a pastor friend of mine out of uh, uh, out of Chicago, and I think I may have mentioned this on this program. But he was talking about uh, drinking. He said, "You know, I've, I've come to this thing, and I'm looking at it." And he said, "You know, there's three positions." He said, "There's the abstinence position that says, you know what, I just don't believe in it. I'm not going to do it. I just feel like it's better for me." He said, "There's the moderation position that says all things do in moderation. I'm going to do it, and just not a whole lot." Then there's the uh, prohibitionist thing that I say it's just wrong. I shouldn't even think about doing it. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You know what? I'm finding out. You know, the early." Uh, Church fathers, and you know, what I'm saying is that most people were modernists. They believed that you could do some of it. Folks, listen, the thing about it is, even if you believe in, in, in moderation, if it would cause somebody else to stumble, he said, I will never eat meat again. Folks, has alcohol consumption caused believers to stumble? We know it does. I will never do it. Does these other things cause believers? Absolutely. I will never do it. Never, actually in the Greek, means never. It's not a trick word, folks. It says, well, I'm just not going to do it when I'm around them. Or I'm just not going to do it when, when they're watching. Or I'm just not going to do it around people that it would offend. It says, listen, if there's something in my life that would have the chance of rearing its ugly head and causing a brother to stumble, listen, this life is but a vapor. That is a small sacrifice to pay for the righteousness of eternity. Folks, we have got to come to that place. And, and really, it, it, in Romans uh, 14.22 says exactly what that does in, in 1 Corinthians 8.9-13. He says, have you faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he that condemns not himself in that thing which he's allowed. In other words, what he's saying, folks, listen. If you think something's permissible or allowable in your life, but it's going to bring the, the derision or destruction to somebody else, he says, if you continue to do it, you're going to condemn yourself. Even though you say to yourself, listen, I'm not going to get caught up in that. And, you know, it's okay for me or whatever else. Folks, if you know that it's going to, it's going to bring destruction or something cause a, a brother to be weakened in the faith, he says, you don't do it. Oh, right. Because when you do it, you will sin against Christ Jesus and His righteousness. Brother, there's too many things in the body of Christ that we say to ourselves, well, listen, if you don't like it, that's fine. You know, but uh, I'm going to continue to do it. Hmm. Brother, who are we living our life for? You know, the first question that's ever asked in the Bible was, I believe it was Genesis 4.1, am I, or 4.8, am I my brother's keeper? Hmm. Yes, we are. We are. We set the example. We've got to be the ones that, 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 that set forth that example of righteousness and holiness for people to follow in our heart, in our attitude, in our prayer, in our study of the Word, in our worship of Jesus, in our testimony, in our witness, in our love, in our mercy. All those characteristics yeah. of Christ Jesus, we've got to come to the place where we are demonstrative in, in exhibiting the character of Christ Jesus in, every, in our lives. If not, what are we doing? We're not only sinning against and causing a stumbling block upon a brother, but we're sinning Sin against, against the righteousness of Christ. Then he goes on to say in verse 23, he says, He that doubts is damned if he eats, because he does not eat of the faith, and whatsoever is, is not of faith is sin. And so what he's saying right there, he's tying those things together. He's saying, listen, if there's something that you uh, 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 are doing that you're not sure of, and you just continue to do it, it's going to bring damnation upon you. Because it, it, that, that it's not of faith. And so, folks, what does he go to? He says, whatsoever is not of faith is of sin. Folks, listen, if there's something in my heart, in my life, that I can't hang the, the, my faith upon, without faith, what does it say? It's impossible please to please God. Him. I have to believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Brother, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing, hearing by the Word. The Word of God. I had a guy come into my office years ago. An alcoholic guy came in. Uh, as a pastor of church. We was doing some benevolence ministry. He, he knew that we had food. He came in, and, and, and I'm sending somebody back to the back room to the pantry to get him some food. And I'm, I asked him, I said, uh, 
So listen, uh, do you have faith? And I knew where I was leading with this. And he said, I sure do. And I said, uh, do you read the Bible? Well, I don't have a Bible. And I said, really? I said, so where did you get your faith? And he said, I got it from Mama. I said, you got it from Mama? He said, yeah, Mama had a lot of faith. And he said, so uh, I, I got faith because of Mama. And you've never read the Word. And, and he said, well, no. I said, do you know anything in this Bible? He said, no, but I, 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 Mama. Mama had faith. Mm-hmm. Folks, listen. Mama faith ain't going to get you to heaven. There are no grandparents there, are there? Oh, there? There's not. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. What Paul tells us in the same book? The wages of sin mm-hmm. is death. death. But the gift of God, we know, is eternal life by Christ Jesus. Folks, we've got to get to that place that we are being built up in our most holy faith. And we're built up in that. Then what happens? What he tells us there in, in Ephesians chapter uh, 4. That we're no longer tossed about to and fro. The craftiness of men. The sleight of hand. All these religious practices. Uh, false wisdom. Why? Because it, it's going to have to run into faith. Brother, if the word tells us in Ephesians as well. It says we're saved by grace through, through faith. faith. Folks, listen, there's no grace message apart from a faith message unto salvation. Come on. And so when we come to that place of salvation, it's got to be built upon faith. Faith in what? Faith in the blood of Jesus Jesus and the final sacrifice of His holiness and righteousness. Faith in what He did on the cross and And, and following after that. And without that, brother, no amount of miracles, no amount of grandstanding is going to bring salvation to anyone. We've got to come back to that place of holiness and righteousness and of faith. Folks, really, I, I can't underscore it enough just the necessity of this day and age. And you know what, brother? It's going to get worse and worse. Yeah, the the things that we see... will wax worse. And you know, I think about that. He also said that the love of many will wax worse. Sure. Why? Because lawlessness abounds. Mm. Folks, we've got to get back to the fulfillment of the, the, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The love of what? What does he mean by love? Does he mean the, 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 the seducing, the lust? No, he means the genuinely love. He said upon these two foundations, these two uh, 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 commands, everything stands. Love God. And love your neighbor. And love your neighbor with everything that's within you. Folks, listen, if I'm loving God, what am I loving? I'm loving His righteousness. Yes. I'm loving His holiness. I'm loving walking in obedience to Him. Then I love my neighbors itself. Then what am I going to do? I'm not living my life for me. I'm living my life for somebody else. You know, if, if you keep those two commandments, Troy, you won't sin. No, you won't. Because in order to sin, you have to stop loving. If I sin against you, I'm not loving you. If I, or if I sin against right. God, I'm not loving God. And so in order... If, if you, that's why Jesus said these two, two commandments. If you keep these two, you'll keep them all. You won't steal. Right. You won't kill. You won't lie. You won't commit idolatry. You won't, because you will that keep, affects somebody else. Because, absolutely. It really can be summed up in those two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. If you'll keep all your eyes on Jesus... And love the Lord with everything you got. Listen, you, you will walk in righteousness. When you've been forgiven and cleansed from your sin, and when you've repented, and you're walking after Christ, you are perfect yeah. in God. You are perfect. This, this nonsense of, of Christians can't be perfect, just forgiven, that you're going to sin. That's not, study the Word. It's not there, man. It's, it is not there. And the question is, is what perfects us. It's not... Our works of self-righteousness. Righteousness. It's our faith, faith in the righteousness of God. of God. Exactly. We can call us perfect because He calls, calls us, perfect. us perfect. He has made us righteous through Christ Jesus. That's right. 
And our righteousness is only by Christ Jesus. And through that blood which washes away how many sins? All of our sins. All of our sins. What happens when you eliminate from the equation faith in Christ Jesus, the rock? You have nothing to stand on. And so you are So if you take that spring out of the trampoline... You're, you're not bouncing. You're not, not only are you not jumping, but you're, you're going to get washed away. That's exactly right. And, and great will the fall be of it. Hmm. Folks, we're out of time. Praise God we got through the 14th chapter of the book of, of Romans. We're going to start in the 15th chapter uh, tomorrow. And uh, I'm believing that we're going to find such good stuff in that just as we have in these unsearchable riches of the 14th chapter as well. Folks, listen, all these are on, uh, on, on our website. You can go to them at www.biggrace.com. Click on okay. Raven Institute and download. The, and I really encourage you to get into those things and do it because this isn't it. You know what I'm saying? We want to invest what God's invested in us. But if that's all you're getting, you're, you're not getting everything God has yeah, for you. What you need to do is take these things and allow them to be a catalyst to kind of really desire for you to search the Scriptures. We don't, we don't uh, uh, declare that we're infallible. We're not saying that whatsoever. We're saying we want to keep it. What, what, here's what I tell people all the time. You don't have to know everything. You just need to know what you know real good. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? And so we keep it real close to the best. We keep it close to the cross. We keep it real close to Jesus. We're not getting out there in that realm of, of all this hocus-pocus type deal. We want to keep it upon this foundation that by constant use it produces righteousness in our lives. The Word of God says that when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? On the earth. So we need to know Jesus and we need to know Him real good. That's right. And we know Him and they know His character and we can confirm who He is because He's always going to speak and walk consistent with His Word. Folks, we love you so much and just pray for you and just believe God's going to uh, do miracles in your life. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow at the same time. And don't forget, if you're listening to us live, we're going to be live uh, tomorrow night at the Raven Nation uh, dealing with some of these issues that we're talking about and some of these movements and things that are happening in society. we got one bit of advice for you today as we close out, though. Get into God's Word and God's Word will get into you.